The Ultimate Spider-Man Review Show airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern live at mixer.com forward slash Great Britain. G-R-E-A-T-B-R-I-T-O-M. A link to this stream is in the show notes. Please consider joining myself and Cade every week as we talk about one of our favorite shows of all time. See you then, true believers. It is a lovely twilight evening here in New York City, the home of Spider-Man. I am joined by my co-host, the one, the amazing, the spectacular, the ultimate Cade on Decade. How are you doing this evening? Doing great. Spectacular. Yeah? Right, 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 right. Splendid. Splendid. The splendid Spider-Man. Can you imagine if we had that, that, that comic? That's going to be my Spider-Man. I'm going to make that. Once again, uh, unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, we were unable to record live on Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, on my Mixer channel. Uh, but this upcoming Saturday, barring that you're good, Cade, we will be live. We will be recording it this upcoming Saturday. As long as I'm not dead, I'll be there. Great. Awesome. So you can go to mixer.com <laughs> forward slash Great Britom. Uh, the link is in the notes to follow along with this live. But yeah, so we're recording um, this episode um, separately from the live recording. And we've got a pair of episodes. This is the first time we're only reviewing two episodes, but we're about to get into a holy schmoly long arc of episodes next week, um, which we're going to actually have to break up into two episodes. Um, but we got uh, a two-part here um, with the mutant agenda and i forget what the part two is but basically it's the x-men episodes of spider-man the animated series um cade what what were you what were your thoughts on these episodes just top level before we jump in um i think there's a good message in in the end uh Uh, the, the last one uh, maybe a little forced, but whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. I liked the the first episode probably more than the second. The second one just really crams a lot in there, and mm. I'm like, holy shit! It kept it kept going. Yeah, I, 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 I was like, oh, there's more to this. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm actually very surprised because I was very excited to watch these episodes uh, yeah. with the inclusion of the X Men, but I was disappointed. Um, I think that, I mean, we'll get into the details, but I just think that, yeah, what you're talking about, this is one of the few times where they try and cram it all and it really doesn't work. Like they're not able to weave everything they want to together in a harmonious way. Whereas they've been, they've like mastered that in past episodes, but there is just, I think fundamentally too much going on in these episodes. Um, And for no reason. And for and for absolutely no reason, because there is yeah. there is there. Are, whilst I'm saying that, there's also so much filler. Uh, in fact, that can that can probably kickstart uh, the us diving in and doing the the breakdown. Because so the the episode opens with Peter uh, running to um, the X Men. Well, he's he's going to Charles Xavier, right? Because he's heard that this guy is a specialist on on mutants so he goes to their uh facility up in westchester i guess i don't it's never really explained whether he's at yeah, he just kind of shows up but you have to assume 
but I'm like, did he? How did he get here? Because he's because Westchester is not close to New York City, is my thing. Sure. It's uh, it's. I'm I'm really curious as to, as to how he got here. But anyway, he shows up, and basically we get a long sequence where there is a huge misunderstanding between Spidey and the X Men. Um, where they think he's an intruder and he's there. I don't know why they they would think that he's there to cause trouble. Um, but no one, no, neither Spidey nor the X Men explain themselves to one another, and they have a huge like versus Superman. <laughs> right. It, I mean, it is though. It is that thing, and I'm like, there's five minutes here, and I understand that maybe you want to show a little conflict between Spidey and the group. You want to get some, yeah. you want to get some of that classic X-Men action because right. the rest of these episodes is mainly just Wolverine and the, and yeah. Beast. Uh, That's what I want to say. Like we thought these were X-Men episodes, right. but it does the same thing. The fucking movies do. It's just like Wolverine only one that matters. <laughs> like, All right. Sure. I guess. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm just like this. This there's so there's so many moments like this where it's like no, there was no dialogue that they went to try and try and maybe cut some of these moments down. They just were like, let's have this scenario play out, and it just goes on for a bit here in the beginning. Uh, Spidey is like being chased through the the mansion. He thinks he's like in the Pentagon. He keeps calling it the Pentagon, and then he stumbles into the the danger room, which has a deadly Sentinel simulation happening. So uh, Spidey has to help with the help of, with the aid of the X Men take down these Sentinels, which I guess are real. I don't really know. I never yeah, really understood how the danger room works. Really <laughs> dangerous. Like I get, like it's supposed to train them, but also it seems a little too real. Right. They're like um, they're, they're they're definitely worried that Spidey is gonna die. And I'm like, hey, yeah. if your training room can actually <laughs> kill you, like, might may, be problematic. Yeah, may, might might want to HR issues there. Yeah, uh, I was before he actually came into the the mansion. Uh, I thought a spider slayer was grabbing him. I'm like, <gasps> no, no, they've returned. They've returned. Oh yeah, because there's an arm that comes in. Yeah, I yeah. was like, no. Yeah, there's an arm that comes in and then like encases him in like some kind of metal straight jacket. Yeah, I was like, this is uh, weird. weird the, right, it really, it really was. <laughs> um, so Spidey and the X Men take down these. I, I want to say fake sentinels, but they're fucking real sentinels. And uh, at that point, they listen to him, and Spidey meets with Charles Xavier, and he's like, dude, I'm mutating, and I need to figure out how to stop it. And Charles is like... And Charles makes a good point. He's like, I don't do that. That's not what I do here. I'm not about that life. I, I'm I'm the guy, the, the guy that accepts mutations for what they are, and I help people live with them, and I help people understand why their mutation is a gift and not a curse not obviously understanding peter's specific situation which is very different from yeah what happened yeah. with charles um so i do it's like just... go ahead sorry no it's no, not go. just like oh you know i have these strange abilities i don't know what to do with them it's like i'm going to turn into a monster mm -hmm. that you're going to have to fight and solve <laughs> and I'm already fucking you up right here, right now, as Spider-Man. Yeah. Imagine me as Man, Man Spider. Spider. Right, right. Yeah. I, yeah, I do like that line. He does bring up. He's like, "Let's see how you feel about this when I've when I've when I've mutated into a monster and you have exactly. to deal with me." I did like that line. I like this friction. I like this 
uh, friction between him and Wolverine and the rest of the X-Men of like, they have a set of beliefs as to what's happening to him. And he has a different set of beliefs. So I wish we'd had this more than we did the fucking danger room stuff. Again, I understand this is a kid show. And so like, we got to show Spidey team up with the X-Men against Sentinels, but it's, it's, it's far less interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, I did like that they uh, used a lot of the X Men music cues. Oh, and that, that that's, that's one cool. of my yeah, that's one of my favorite things is that they use a lot of the X Men soundtrack and yeah. they seamlessly weave it into it's the Spidey cool. theme. So one minute when it's like the X Men fighting, it's the X Men soundtrack and those themes, and then it'll you know pan or cut to Spidey, and then we hit, get a nice transition into the Spidey music. I thought yeah. I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah. So Spidey fucking, he's like pissed off. He swings away. Jubilee is like, why don't we go help him? Uh, Wolverine is like, that guy seems like a loner. And everyone's like, yo, dude, do you like remember what you used to be like, you piece of shit? Like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, for some reason, Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Beast, who in this cartoon is fully beast, fully blue furry guy. He goes yep. after Peter and X-Men and Wolverine's like, this is unlike you, Hank. Why? What are you doing? And Hank's like, maybe you don't know me so well, bud. And then he goes off into the city. Um, at which point um, we cut to New York and there's a guy called Landon. He is meeting up with dun, 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 the Hobgoblin. Um, I was actually shocked by this. Yeah, um, I, I, I remember I, I was like, as the episode started, I was like, what is the story here? And I'm like, I think Hobgoblin is involved somehow. But yeah, Hobgoblin, for some reason, heavily involved in these episodes. <laughs> when maybe that is... That could have been trimmed. Yeah, or not. He just could not have been involved. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, there's enough conflict as is. That, that, that's, you don't yeah. need a villain, really. I'm not saying that it didn't work, but I'm just saying that, like, this needed to go or, like, something else needed to go. Sure. Um, So Landon is meeting up with uh, the Hobgoblin. He gives Hobgoblin a big uh, case, briefcase full of cash, and then he pieces out real quick, and he blows up the building with the cash. And here's the thing, Cade. This is not a small explosion. No, it's... Um, it destroys the whole building <laughs> yeah not only well not only does it destroy the whole building but they have this cut where it cuts to like the skyline and the uh, yeah. uh, explosion erupts in the skyline like this is a Nagas- this is a fucking atomic bomb sized <laughs> explosion that seems to be happening I don't think anyone who worked on this show knows how explosions work no. given like the way the, the helicopter and the chameleon episode explode yeah. and stuff it's just like what 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 do you do you guys know how deadly these things are <laughs> and and it's and it's funny because you know obviously hobgoblin's going to survive and i thought they were going to have a shot showing him like flying out from the smoke but no he just like saunters out of the yeah, fire he's just like what the fuck was that he just like <laughs> wa- he walks out of the fire and i'm like dude your go to thing is the glider what are you doing you just you just like chilling like what is this it also um, doesn't make much sense how he survived at all. No, but... it doesn't. It doesn't. But even if even even if he knew that it was a bomb, right? Like, yeah. 
hop on the glider and peace out as fuck yeah. as quickly as possible. Don't like just like exactly. stroll out of the building. Very weird. <laughs> but anyway, he's fine. Not a scratch on him. Um, we cut to inside the car. Landon thinks he's killed, you know, assassinated the, the hobgoblin, at which point he gets a call. And this one's from Wilson Fisk. And we find out that basically Landon is, is, is doing something for Fisk and that, or is lying about doing something for Fisk. Hobgoblin knows about it. Landon is paying off, was, you know, that, that whole interaction was him paying off the hobgoblin to keep him silent so that Fisk couldn't find out what he was actually doing. Because Fisk mm-hmm. wants Landon to make him an army of super mutants, uh, at which point Fisk brings up like this... <laughs> like diet like uh uh he brings up like a mutant that i guess was like put through a generator of what landon could produce and i'm like yo that's a freaky looking motherfucker i would not want to run into that i get it kingpin that would be dope mm-hmm. to have an army of those things uh but fisk calls him up he's like yo what are you doing man like and i like this bit because fisk is like i hear you're not at your lab and landon's like what are you doing spying on me and fisk is like yeah i'm the fucking kingpin of crime like <laughs> That's what I do. I keep tabs on everybody. Nothing happens in this city without me knowing. So I, I liked I liked that line uh, a bit. Um, and so we get to Landon returns to his lab. He's talking to his research assistant who, fuck, I, don't, I can't remember her name. I don't know if they ever give it. Do you remember? Shit. About what? Uh, his, like, research assistant. Oh, her name? Yeah. Like Genevieve. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I gotta pull this up. Because she's such an important character. Yeah, a short while later, Herbert Landon arrives at the Brand Corporation where he is met by his secretary, Genevieve. Genevieve, okay. Uh, okay, so Genevieve is his assistant. They meet up. She's like, why are we presenting your research so soon? And Landon is like, I gotta do it. One of my investors is, demands results, so... I know we need more time on like the main project, but like we gotta we gotta throw a horse yeah. and pony show to, uh, sorry, dog and pony show to 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 placate my investor. And mm. there is an insidious looking jar, or I guess like a huge um, bath, right? Like a huge um, tube <laughs> of sinister looking green shit. It looks like acid <laughs> yeah and you're like that shit is gonna be bad that that's not good no good guy has a vat no. of that shit hanging out in their lap no yeah no, no, no. that's the stuff that creates the fucking joker honestly. right exactly <laughs> exactly so beast is swinging around and he runs into spidey and beast is like yo i want to help you i i uh, he's like um uh, herbert landon of the brand corporation he's giving a talk on mutagenics um, maybe you should go check that shit out because he might, he might be able to help you better than, than we can. At which point, uh, some of Fisk's men spot, uh, Spidey and the beast having a chin wag, uh, cause they're after mutants, uh, f- you know, uh, to turn to, to complete Landon's work. Mm-hmm. So, so they have a little interaction with, with Spidey and the Beast, and they end up capturing the Beast, um, and shipping him off. Yep. Um, 
Spider-Man goes to see Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's more stalking her. More, yeah, really more more of that. Yeah, he's just <laughs> peering through the window. Uh, yeah. A little creepy. Uh, there's a shot where he's, like, hanging above her window or something, and yeah. it looks like you can, like, you can see her, and it looks like her eyes are kind of, like, looking up at him. And it's kind of just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really bizarre. Um, and then, yeah, he goes, he goes home. And he sees uh, Aunt May asleep, and mm. then he sees a picture of Uncle Ben, and he's, he remembers the wise words of Uncle Ben. Right. Yeah, because he he's he's um because he's like spying on Mary Jane and watching his aunt sleep because yeah. he's basically seemingly running away. I think is is what the yeah what the intention we were meant to get here it's not explicitly said but yeah it feels like we kind of jump right in yeah like, in the middle of something that we maybe should have gotten some context for like it's a little ambiguous especially with what's weird here is like he so he's he's in it the whole way um dressed as peter like he's not in his costume yeah. like yeah. he see he sees the photo of uncle ben that, and he has the memory of Uncle Ben teaching him how to fish, and Peter's, like, really struggling. And Ben gives him, like, the motivation to, you know, keep going and stuff. And Peter catches the fish, at which point Ben explains. He's like, you you don't lack the ability, you just lack the confidence. And that's mm-hmm. the problem. And then we get this weird thing where it shows him older, and he's, like, a thought in 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 peter's head and he's like kind of like a ghost cloud thing that like yeah and then but the weird thing is is now it's peter as spidey and he's on the thing of a bridge and he and then he comes to the realization of he comes to the realization of oh i can't give up i need to keep trying to find a solution i can't i need i just need i just need to believe in myself and it's just a weird transition because the last time we saw him, he was in his regular clothing in his apart in his, sorry in Aunt May's house, and then mm-hmm. you know we don't see him like put on the costume and like go to the bridge. It just cuts, and he's like on the bridge and has this moment I, of clarity. Very bizarre. I, I just remembered. Doesn't he have an apartment with Harry? No, no. Remember he. After the shit went down with the hobgoblin, he was like, "I'm I'm gonna move back home." Oh, sure, yeah. right, yeah. And Aunt May was like, "You can't live. You're not. You're not trustworthy. Whatever." <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we cut from. So Peter's like, "Okay, I'm not gonna go give up. Maybe I'll go check out this this talk that Landon's gonna throw about mutagenics." We cut to the um, uh, Blackbird, the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> the X-Men ship and Cyclops is just giving Jubilee a joyride. They are just fucking flying around some desert, some terrible CG deserts. If you thought those <laughs> CG buildings were bad, Cade, I, you could, bad. you could not have prepared me for this CG uh, desert. Where are we? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're flying around. Cyclops is like freaking Jubilee out just by doing loop de loops. I'm like, this is not responsible no. at all. Um, no, Aren't they supposed to be fucking professors and stuff? I know, and like Scott's the <laughs> Cyclops is the well-behaved one. He's the one that yeah, like usually. would He's very chast- right, or... right, right. He, he he chastised someone for doing this. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. anyway, they get a call from Wolverine. Wolverine's like, "Have you seen Hank? He hasn't like slept in his bed. You know, like for some Wolverine checked in and like checked Hank's bed and like noticed that it hadn't been slept in." Mm-hmm. So he um 
And then Jean Grey comes over and she's like, well, maybe he passed out in his uh, library or his study or whatever. And Wolverine's like, nope, check that too. I'm going to go, I'm going to go track him down. He's going to sniff him out literally because Wolverine has amazing scent. So he he follows the scent to uh, the location of where um, they kidnapped uh, Hank. He smells Hank, he smells Spidey, and he smells like a bunch of other guys. And in his very small brain, Wolverine thinks, oh, this must have been, Spider-Man must have laid a trap trap for the beast, even though that makes no sense and is incongruent with any of Spidey's past behavior. This is the... This is the story that Wolverine puts together in his head as to why Hank has disappeared. Um, which is just ridiculous. Uh, we cut to the next day, or like later that day or whatever. It's at the the talk. Uh, Peter talks to this woman. I think her name is like Celia or Cecilia. I don't know who this is meant to be. Yeah, it's like, it, it says like, it looks like Cecily. Se- right? It, it was something like that. But also, yeah. who the fuck is this? Who is this person know, yeah. that Peter is on first name ter- terms with? It-, it must be just like, well, yeah, never mind. He doesn't work there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he he knows this person. And we, we have this whole moment because it's to show, like, the prejudice against the X-Men. She keeps referring to them as muties and saying, like, Pete, you're a friend of muties and stuff. But this just would have made so much more sense if it was just like a random person. But this per- this person yeah. seemingly has a relationship with Peter, and it's not it's not anyone we've ever seen before. Wouldn't it make more sense if it was uh, what's her name, uh, the blonde with the glasses? That yeah, Deborah. My- and I and, Deborah. I and I was and I was thinking that I was like, okay, well, it could have been Deborah Whitman, but then that would have, you know. This person is clearly not a good person, right? That, or that they're yeah. at least someone that has an amazing prejudice against wolf <laughs> mutants. Which you know, the prejudice against Read mutants, the room, right? Amazing. Exactly. Like fucking mutant <laughs> lives matter. Like you know, <laughs> um, you know, and and the whole reason the X Men were invented basically was to, you know, uh, kind of, I don't want to say satirize, but um, you know, show the plight of the parallel you know? right the parallel between race relations and and race issues yeah, in the 60s it was very relevant during that time and it, it was to open up people's eyes and stuff and it worked very well yeah like. absolutely and so like she's basically being like all lives matter here you know and like yeah. you know that's basically what's happening and so if it was De- <laughs> if it was deborah she would no longer be a sympathetic character which is very important that's very true. Going yeah. forward. So it just would have been better if she was just a random person. It was just yeah. a weird choice. Um, also, we probably didn't even need the scene, but I bet they okay. wanted to fit that, you know, in sure. the air of like people it, hate mutants. Well, it could be reinforcing his fear of becoming a mutant. Sure. You know? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, that is, that is, but again, I mean, that's not something that needs to be reestablished. Like it's sure. abundantly clear yeah. that he is yeah, fucking yeah. terrified of what he could yeah. become. But anyway, anyway, um, he sits, he sits down for the chat. Landon basically goes through, um, explaining what mutants mutancy is. It is, it is when your DNA, 
which is usually uh, is usually consistent, right? All the DNA strands are identical and stuff. Um, yeah. And then that you know a strand here, a strand there, a T or a G or whatever it is, like changes, and that's what uh, creates mutants. Um, but before Landon can finish his talk, boom, the Hobgoblin shows up to to ruin the party. He's like, oh, fuck, Landon, you thought I was dead. Um, Landon, like, pieces, everyone starts piecing out. And then Hobgoblin blows up the roof uh, before running off himself. Spidey mm-hmm. tries to web it up. He's really struggling to hold it together. Um the um genevieve the landon's assistant is like we should help him and landon's like fuck that let's get the fuck out of here um and then something cave mysteriously happens i have no idea what it could be or who it could be coming from but <laughs> some <laughs> something some outside forces I guess this oh absolutely absolutely I mean, I knew it before because I remember the episodes, but like yeah. anyone with a fucking nut in the head can know who <laughs> it is that is uh, holding up the roof. But anyway, it's a mystery at this point. We need to pretend it's a mystery. So the the, ro- the roof is being held up by some telekinetic force, it seems. Spidey uses this opportunity to escape, and just as he escapes, the roof collapses. And he's like, who, what could that have been? We cut to Landon's lab. Um... A uh, Hank Beast is in a cage. He wakes up. Turns out Hank used to work with Landon uh, when Hank was looking for a cure for mutancy when he wanted to prevent his own mutation from, from accelerating, just like Peter's is happening right now, at which point um, his, his research resulted in his mutation accelerating. Um, which is always a good story. I always feel like they do like um when they do it when they did it in first class, I thought that was always handled very well and mm-hmm. was very interesting that he is he is he became the very thing he'd fear becoming because he tried to stop himself from becoming it. Yeah. Layers, Cade. We're dealing with layers here, man. It's crazy. So much drama. <laughs> uh so Landon's like I'm not developing super mutants. I'm actually, I've got this big vat of acid over here. You've probably been wondering what this vat of acid you're dangling over is. Good question, Hank. Uh, This vat of acid destroys mutant cells in the DNA. And the ego is just like a mutant killer. Um, And yeah, and he's like, I'm going to use it on you to test it. And it's going to be great. And I'm a fucking uh, Nazi. Uh, So... (laughs) Um, cause he's, he's like straight up, like the humanity will be pure. And I'm like, Oh boy, yeah. dude, who, oh, who, what? Right yeah. There. I was like, what, what, who are you going to use this on after the mutants? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so we cut to outside. Peter is, uh, is going to head to, uh, Landon's lab, at which point he runs into, um, He's like, oh, Hobgoblin's going to go after Landon again. So, and lo and behold, Hobgoblin's flying in, at which point Peter uses the good old tightrope, like, shot to, or, like, the tripwire technique, which we've seen uh, famously in Spider-Man 3 that he uses against Harry Osborn, which is brutal, by the way. We'll get to that when we get to Spider-Man 3, but boy, Harry Mm -hmm. takes a tumble. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Dude. Yeah. Brutal, brutal stuff. Uh, I would kill a normal man, but, uh, you know, it's besides, besides the point. Got so, so yeah, and Sp- Spidey's got, like, Hobgoblin ropes. Hobgoblin clearly was not expecting Spider-Man to confront him. Um, oh. And Spidey's, like, ready to, like be like yo what's up dude why what why you got beef against landon at which point wolverine shows up and is like you think he's got beef with landon i've got beef with you and uh spidey and wolverine face off and or are about to face off and that is the end of episode uh four of season two the mutant agenda uh so i enjoyed this one um I think that some of the issues that I have with it are, yeah, just too much is going on, which is expanded in the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like the Hobgoblin is essentially a plot device in this episode. And it, again, it gets worse next episode as well. But I, I just feel like there need to be something removed from this in order to make everything a bit more cohesive and expand upon some of the interesting ideas it's trying to touch upon, but just never fully develops. Um, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, it, it was okay. Uh, and I think it's the better, better of the two. Um, yeah. Because it, it doesn't really juggle as much as the second episode might. We'll get into that. Um, it, it has a couple of weird moments, but l- largely pretty good. Um, I-, I think it is weird that just Wolverine and Beast are in it, and the rest of the X-Men are just like, where the fuck did Beast go? And like, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, is like, when Wolverine's like, I'm going to go find Hank, you know, yeah. th- none of the others are like, okay, it's a little weird that, you know, th- they're not also concerned. <laughs> they're yeah, not it- also like, I don't know. I, I guess Gene, like kind of says to Wolverine, like, it's unusual for you to be like this concerned. And he's like, yeah, well, something's going on. And right. Right. Like, All right well, whatever. It's like, yeah, it's unusual. You should probably fucking follow his lead right, on this. Right, right. Because he's not normally the worry type. <laughs> right. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, it it would have been cooler. Uh, this episode, I think would have been a lot stronger if they'd allowed for more focus on, the rest of the X-Men team had maybe removed some of the Hobgoblin stuff and like made this an actual team up episode of uh, more of a crossover than it, than it, than it actually is. Yeah. Um, all right. Episode season two, episode five mutants revenge. That's the name of this one. So this is the, the second part. Um, so this is, where's the thing? Okay, cool. So, oh, we get the recap. We get the opening theme again. Spidey and Wolverine are facing off, and Hobgoblin is like, this is the perfect time for me to try and uh, attack the two of them. So he preps a pumpkin bomb, but Spidey Spidey webs it up. Um, he tries to, Hobgoblin tries to use one of his, like, razor blades to slice it open, but he can't do it. So he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to draw attention to this conflict and then i'll have landon take out 
Wolverine and Spidey. So he smashes one of Landon's security cameras, at which point Landon's like, oh, what's that on the screen? Oh, it's Wolverine and Spider-Man fighting in my back alley. At which point he deploys a rooftop turret to fire upon the two of them. And uh, they escape. And in their escape, they kind of come to the agreement that there's just it's just been a big misunderstanding, Cade. And uh, Spidey... Hug it have... out. Hmm? Hug it out. Yeah, hug it out, exactly. <laughs> and Spidey has simply... Is simply also trying to figure out what is going on and didn't has no idea what happened to the beast and all that. So they're like, cool, let's let's team up. Um so You know what's mm-hmm. bizarre? Mm-hmm. Um I I get it, but Wolverine never uses his claws except to cut himself out of his webs. He like brings them out, but doesn't use them to hurt anyone yeah and <laughs> that's people with them <laughs> yeah and th- that that is a lot of that cartoon as well yeah um, yeah the uh, uh he does not really use them except to cut things open you know or threaten people with them or yeah. fight or fight sentinels fight inhumans um, yeah. but you never i don't think you ever see him like cut or stab anyone any human <laughs> with them which makes uh, sense. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's kind of like, yeah, I guess you can't get away with that. Uh, so we cut to the lab, and it's just Genevieve and Beast. And Beast is there, and he's he's trying to plea. He thinks he can get through to Genevieve and you know, be like, hey, like this is crazy. He's going to destroy mutants. And Genevieve thinks that she's like, maybe that's a mercy. Maybe... You know, mutants suffer so much. Maybe we can. Maybe if we get rid, you know, it's kind of like um, if we if we just let people with peanut allergies all eat peanuts, then we'll be rid of it after a generation, and no, there won't be any peanut allergies, and no one will suffer. Same logic here, Cade. Just genocide. Just commit exactly. genocide, and then mutants no longer need to suffer, which is a really I mean... fucked up way of thinking, but. <laughs> it's an interesting idea. I mean. Oh God! All right, we do not. Maybe no, 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 We are not going down that road. We are not going down that road, especially now of all time. You make a valid point. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. Peanut allergies. Yeah, fuck people with peanut allergies though. This guy's can rot in hell. Um, so. They're, they're moving through. They're using Wolverine's uh, nose to sniff out the uh, to sniff Beast out, um, and you know moving through the facility. Meanwhile, Hobgoblin finds like the main computer for Brand Brand Laboratories, and yeah. uh, this creepy looking like AI face. Shit I've ever seen, dude. It is terrifying. It looks like the Riddler, but also it's a world, like it's so weird. Excuse me. And th- they do this bit simply so they can do the hobgoblin thing. So yeah, okay. So describe to people what's happening. He goes up to the main computer. There's a screen, and it's like you are trying to access all of the data. But instead of it just being a voice, they have this really terribly and horrific-looking CG face come up. At which point, 
Hobgoblin steals the data and then turns the face into his own face. And it's like the Hobgoblin being like, I've stolen all of your data. <laughs> and I'm like, we didn't need this. No. Especially, yeah. And this face is terrifying. <laughs> like, if I was a kid... I would have been uh, forget punching man. The, 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 that's not what it, like was problematic <laughs> for me. Is this fucking face yeah. on this screen? Do you think when they made this, they're like, "This is cutting edge" or doing something interesting? Here. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now maybe like probably even like five years later, they're like, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was probably. It was probably like you know they had they had they they got these computers that could do CG. Right, yeah, and so they're they like, we got to put him to use. We got to, yeah. <laughs> and then that's when Jeff Goldblum comes in and is like, "You were so preoccupied with yeah, could yeah, you? Right. You didn't think should right. you? Should we?" <laughs> yeah. Um. So this 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 shit is scary. Uh, Peter and Wolverine are are moving through. That they're, they're debating, you know, you know, mutation and what's happening with Spidey and everything. Um. And I, I forget if it's here or it's earlier in the last episode, but at some point, Spidey basically explains, hey, like, what's what you have, like, you were born with your ailments, which is not entirely true for Wolverine because he's modified, right? Like, he didn't choose to have adamantium stuck to his bones or whatever. But um, he's like, when I'm going through, like, I was, I received this. I wasn't born a mutant, so which was always the distinction in the comics. Like a mutant is someone that's born with their powers, um, and uh, a mutate. If we're going to get technical, Cade, Spider-Man is a mutate, someone that gains their powers through an event. A mutant is someone that's born with their powers. So that's just an important, important distinction here. Um. So Landon is like, yo, I'm fucking ready to jump my old friend in this vat of acid. Uh, Spidey and Wolverine show up, um, at which point they fight uh, Fisk's men. Wolverine, I love this bit. Wolverine jumps to save Beast, but his plan, Cade, is just to, like, jump on the cage and like i don't know what he thought he'd do here but he jumps up and the cage is electrocuted electrocutable mm. it's electrified so he gets stunned and it's just funny to watch because i'm like what was your plan here Wolvie? what did you think this was going to accomplish even if this wasn't electrified it was it was very bizarre okay. um so <laughs> we get this bit where wolverine like begins to fall and beast grabs him and these guys are in this position for a solid 10 minutes <laughs> of just the beast holding Wolverine above this vat of acid. And they're, they're like, we have, the beast is like, I don't know what to do here. And I'm like, beast, just fling him. Yeah. Like it's, you, it's can, you, got, you can get the clearance. Like this is not, this is not tough <laughs> for you. You have super strength. He's very strong. We just saw him in the last episode swing from trees like and, Tarzan. And as we know, Wolverine, three foot eight. He does not weigh that much. This is a small, hairy man. Like you can He's get, hairy. right. And that, and you make a good point. Beast swinging through trees, just leaping from trees, and now he can't like get Wolverine clear. What? Yeah. It, it, what unnecessary drama? <laughs> it, it, I mean, it is. I mean, this this whole episode from here on out is filled with unnecessary drama. 
Um, because mm. what happens next is uh, Lantern's like, cool, great, I'm just going to drop both of you in the acid. Then Spidey jumps down and he stops the process. And then Hobgoblin shows up. And then uh, Lantern's like, fuck you, pulls out a laser cannon and he starts shooting around. Uh, he shoots the cable that's holding the cage. Uh, so it slips, but then Spidey's rescuing it. And then Spidey is just kind of like laying on the arm that was holding the cable. And then he's holding the cable and he's just kind of like sitting there. And none of these guys can think of a better thing, better way to spend their time. Spidey's struggling to hold the two of them up. I'm like, dude, you can lift cars. Like you can toss these motherfuckers. T- Beast, toss Wolvie. Then Spidey, you toss Beast. Like this is not complicated. What is going on? <laughs> Um, Hobgoblin's like flying around Uh, we've got um, oh and then on top of all of this we've got Landon's security guy turns out he's actually working for Fisk and he's the the spy he's the one reporting to Fisk what's happening and the spy is like yo dude I don't think this guy is trying to make you an army I think he's trying to destroy mutants and Kingpin's like alright I'm out of this fucking venture and then Smythe tries to chime in he's like told you you couldn't trust him like you know like alistair smythe constantly berate like just poking at the kingpin just pushing those buttons mm-hmm. he's gonna get his back broken a second time yeah. <laughs> the man your neck's like not gonna work next yeah. time. Like, yeah it's, it's like, over man <laughs> like you you have a death wish if you really want to keep pushing the kingpin like this facts um so and then okay here's here's the next part of the unnecessary drama so hobgoblin's flying around and he gets his glider stuck in the railing and this is now a whole thing for two minutes with because it gives landon just enough time to climb the staircase and get to the top and like Hobgoblin deals with the situation in the same way that you might deal with a a jar that you can't open. You just struggle. Yeah. You just struggle with it for two minutes, and you are gonna get it off no matter what. Because yeah. he just keeps stomping on it, and I'm like, dude, this isn't working. Everyone, come up with sure. a better plan. Try and figure out a better way to do any of the shit you're trying to do right now. <laughs> um, and then we get more unnecessary drama because Wolverine's costume tears, so now he has to. But Wolverine wakes up just in time to grab Bisam, so now he's even closer to the vat of anti-mutant acid. Um, uh, Hobgoblin then kicks... um, Hobgoblin kicks Landon over the railing. And Landon falls into into the acid. Um, Then Hobgoblin's like, cool, and now I'm free, and now I'm going to try and destroy... Uh, Spidey, at which point Spider-Man does what he should have done from the very get-go. He just tosses the cage, freeing uh, Hobgoblin and, uh, sorry, freeing Beast and Wolverine. And then uh, Hobgoblin's like, oh, that's the other thing, is that Hobgoblin was uh, showing off the CD-ROM that he'd used to store all of the company's data on. On a CD-ROM, are you kidding me? Back in 95, you're going to be able to fucking fit that on a disc? Get the fuck out of here. 
Anyway, supposedly all of this company's data is on the CD-ROM, and he's like taunting it in front of Landon, but that also falls into the acid. So that's why Hobgoblin leaves. He's like, ah, I no point in sticking around anymore. I've got no monetary incentive to do so, which is you know a nice little bit of character, because basically if the ho- if there's no money involved for the Hobgoblin, if there's no incentive monetary incentive for him to continue the shit he's up to then he just pieces which i like about him you know that's it's a guy who sticks to his to sticks to his morals they not may not be great morals but at least his like character is pretty solidly defined and he sticks to it (laughs) he sticks to it and then yeah Cade, i imagine this is where you like me thought this was the end of the episode <laughs> yeah i i was like oh all right well that's it problem solved and then it goes on for like five to ten minutes and I'm dude like, yeah oh. also okay so what happens is is the acid turns mutate mutates um landon into just the most grotesque thing you've ever seen in your fucking life this thing is ugly as shit um like some kind of like slug snake with multiple arms and he goes after electricity that's his that's his deal that's that's this guy's deal and um the more electricity he absorbs the bigger he becomes and then he scoops up with his like weird tentacle arms and and, and this honestly kate describing this sounds like i'm making it up yes it sounds like this isn't what happens, and I'm just like, like bullshitting the audience. Like, oh, maybe they'll fall and believe that this one. I swear to God, this is this is how this episode keeps going. <laughs> um, it, it just it seems like you know most stories are told in the three act structure. It seems like we had that three act structure already, and then it it adds on that extra layer. And you're like, oh wait, whoa, wait, right, whoa, right. Whoa. We get we get another we get another mini three acts at the end yeah. of this episode it's like, very weird uh you know like because most of these episodes end in a big battle or whatever and we got that big battle or the big climax or whatever right and the resolution. and then there's another story that has to happen and you're like okay yeah okay. And he, he and so he keeps moving through he he keeps moving through the facility, grabbing different, pulling on different cables, absorbing more electricity. He grabs Genevieve, and then from here on out, it's meant to be like some kind of King Kong homage, because he he eventually escapes the lab and like starts making his way through the city and absorbing more electricity. Um, and it's I mean it's meant to be King Kong, with the, him holding uh Gen- Genevieve. Uh, and obviously in King Kong, him I think I can't remember what the character's names, but the the woman that's in love with King Kong and all this, he, you know, it, and it's it is meant to be painted like this is a tragic situation, but Landon is uh, he was a monster, he was an asshole, he was about to kill all mutants. So there's no, we don't have any kind of uh, empathetic feelings to him. And yet, you know, the way that Beast talks about it, he's like, I'm like, fuck this guy. Shoot him in the fucking head. Like, <laughs> you know, this guy is a giant slug monster. This isn't, it's, it just was very bizarre for me. Very bizarre. Um, yeah, he makes his way through New York City, at which point eventually the X-Men show up in the Blackbird. 
Um, they try and take him down. Spidey saves Rogue, and they, they have a little bit of flirtation here, which I, I enjoy. It's more her flirting with him. I know. He doesn't say anything at all. He's yeah. like, and she flirts with <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, we, we that was last season. I was I was playing I was a I was a wild card bachelor last season. Now I have only I eyes. For I've got a lady. I got only eyes for Mary Jane. Um. So they're like, how do we how do we take him out? And they're like, we I get. How is it done, Cade? That their plan is to get him as far away from electricity as possible. What's their plan here? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like. He, I don't even remember. Like the, I just kind of was like zoning out at this point because I'm like, yeah, agreed. I thought this was over. Um, says so Spider-Man looks at the creature. He says to himself that turning into a mutated thing is his worst fear, and that now he must stop it. Be the yeah, and only electrical energy can ease it. Spider-Man also notes that unless they stop it, Landon will drain all the power in New York City, and so. Um, yeah, it seems like they're trying to get him away from electricity and stuff. Yeah, so they, they the, their plan is to basically winch him with the Blackbird and carry him away from the city. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, they explain that Landon was using electricity to destroy mutant cells and that he now needs electricity to stay alive. Spider-Man suggests that by using an antenna adjusted to the correct frequency, they could shut off the energy in the creature's own body. Okay. And uh, they have equipment, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and the Blackbird, and the two of them get on board to get it. Right. Okay. So that that's what's happening. Because I was like, oh yeah, the Blackbird's got like some kind of dish here. Yes. Um, also, like, there's the whole like Landon like almost drops Genevieve, and then uh, let's see here, because. Oh, I think Rogue saves her, right? Rogue saves her. They they winch, they wrap the cable around him. They start draining the energy from him and dragging him into the sky. Um, at which point the he's too heavy for the the Blackbird to to fly, so it starts to like destabilize, and that's when we reveal Genevieve. She's a mutant. She's telekinetic. And she uses her abilities to stabilize it just long enough for them to uh, drain the energy from Landon. And then they slowly lower his body, uh, at which point he starts reverting kind of back into a human. But half of his body is like green and mutated still. Um, He looks like Two-Face a little bit here. Yeah, he kind of does. It it was also looked a bit like the lizard. Yes, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of yeah, the color, but you know, it's split right down the middle. It's 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 half and half. Uh, so Spidey realizes, oh shit, you were the one who stopped the the ceiling collapsing on me. Thanks for that at the at the symposium, if 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 you want to call that. And then the X Men are like, hey, we're all square. You're pretty cool. Like if you ever want to team up again, um, that's cool. And then. Wolverine's like, yeah, you've always got friends, and if you need help, he's like, turn to your friends, and then that's we get a shot of Beast, and I'm like, see, this is interesting. Like dealing, like, 
I, I really wish they would have focused more on the fact that Beast is trying to correct his own mistakes that he feel like he feels like he's made in his life. And it's 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 not the B plot, it's not even the C plot in this story because mm-hmm. there's an A, B, and C already. You know, uh, like like if, uh, this show, uh, and it would be different if this show hadn't done interesting shit like that in the so far, but it has, and it just very strange for them to have really buried that plot line and then to to make it kind of yeah. the emotional make it the emotional resolution that we have at the end it it just yeah. is a little bit off it's the i think i said at the start there's really no real need for any of this except for maybe spider-man finding his confidence like yeah but i i think you didn't need to split into two parts and i think it could have been one and i think you could have cut a lot of different things out um, because in the end, when you just get him to uh, Mariah, like there's no connection to anything that we just saw. No, and that and that and that and that that is the last bit here is that he watches the 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 jet leave and the God, it's ridiculous. The the wind <laughs> that the jet kicks up has a newspaper fly into his face um um and it says mariah crawford's back in town for three days and you're like that's really specific and you know what's really funny kate i have the newspaper pulled up and it's frozen on the screen because obviously like we only see it for like two seconds but this this is the actual wording Dr. Mariah Craw toes arrives in New York for three day to prepare. That's how it, it's that's typo. That yeah, it, it just is. <laughs> Dr. Mariah Craw toes arrive. I'm going to take a picture and send it to you. Okay, that's um. And I get strange. and I get that like we only see it briefly. Like yeah, but it's not hard. To it's just... like why is no. this just not? <laughs> Dr. Mariah Craw toes arrives in New York for three day to prepare. Crawford's Crawford's life Ori. Like, what is this? I just texted it to you right now. Yeah, doc. Yep, I'll read it. Dr. Mariah Crow toes arrives in New York for three day <laughs> to prepare. New York isn't even. <laughs> uh, yeah. What the fuck? I I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. and 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 you're right. Like, we there wasn't enough time in this. This so much shit was wasted in this episode that we need. He needed to f- for him to find out Mariah Crawford was back in town and she might be able to help. It mm-hmm. needed. It needed to be literally thrown in his face with this yeah. newspaper. <laughs> And and but like then he gets there and it's just like she's like why didn't you come see me sooner and I was like does she know what's going on right and that, that and that's my other thing about and, and and I guess well this is the end of the episode so we can just transition into into the issues here and how we felt about the episode because my thing is is like literally he has never fought something on this scale and I granted yeah. he's got the X Men to back him up. Yeah, uh, but the only thing of literally this size that he's for is the Spider Slayer, and so yeah. for them to introduce this monstrous creature 
that grows and like slimes his way into Times Square, like in the last seven minutes of this episode, and have that all introduced, and then for them, you know to... what's like? Go ahead. Doomsday and Batman versus Superman. Oh, dude. <laughs> Oh it's my exactly god, I knew there was a reason I was having a little PTSD. It was that. Because it is Doomsday in Batman vs. Superman. You are fucking... It's literally identical yeah. in that he, he like, grows based on the damage yeah. he receives and stuff. And right. uh, they have to get him away, and they have to destroy him. The only difference is someone doesn't sacrifice their life, but... They have to set aside their differences and come together and all that and become friends. Right. And it, it, yeah, it's very haphazardly thrown in there at the end of a very otherwise long and very specific arc. And it's just there. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 the episode wraps up in the strangest way possible. And, and again, I just don't know why. Like, this whole like it doesn't need to exist. Like I said, you you can just have him. the The last episode ends right. He goes to Charles Xavier maybe, and he's like, "I can't help you." And then you just have him maybe hear Mariah Crawford's back in town, and that's it. The other stuff adds no significance to anything that happens in the rest of the series, as far as I can tell, and it adds no significance to anything that's going on besides maybe Peter's little arc about him getting some confidence, but that's resolved in the first episode of this, this, uh, two parter. Right. I mean, we do have the stuff with, you know, beast and like him dealing with the ghosts in his closet, but that's, yeah, but that can be an X-Men episode. That can be, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, like it had no reason to, to kind of be here. Um, you know, we kind of bring the hobgoblin back and it's kind of like a waste of that character too. Like he's, he's literally just a plot device to cause, tension that like he doesn't have he literally the moment he's not of any use he pieces out which i know i praised and like i i do like the fact that he was just like cool i lost my monetary incentive to be here i'm not gonna fuck with this shit anymore but at the same time it just was like he simply exists to be like the MacGuffin, essentially in a weird way and i i don't necessarily agree i mean i do agree that everything the important stuff that needed to happen could have been done in a single episode i like the fact that it is a two-parter because it's the fucking x-men like you want to spend some time having spider-man team up with them so if if i could have done it i would not have made it a one episode i would have kept it as two episodes but i would have trimmed a lot of this storyline and removed a lot of extraneous elements and focused a little bit more on how beasts story relates to what peter's going through now and featured the x the actual x-men more and and had it be a, a little bit more of an introspective story rather than this weird thing that ends up with this weird weird king kong monster loose on the city it doesn't know what it's doing storyline that just comes out of nowhere at the mm. end i mean Look, we we've had we had the vat of it doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere because we had the vat of acid and we knew it was going to do something at some point, but <laughs> for it to have done what it did and then to have to wrap that up in in um, or you know make this three episodes and expand on some of this stuff and give some of it time to breathe, um, I just think that the way it was done here, yeah, it it doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, it, it's a little weird. 
I mean, um, in the grand scheme of things, man, the, the these episodes are, I think, on Spider Slayer level for me. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far. But then, but... The, like, it's Spider Slayer and then this. Like, every sure. other episode that isn't the Spider Slayers, I think. Well, maybe Day of Chameleon. But other than that, <laughs> like, everything else has been, like, an eight, I'd say. In the, really? okay. in, in the context of it being a 90s sure. kids cartoon. Yeah. Um, and then this is like a five or a six. Um, yeah, it's, it feels like maybe something they did to sell toys and stuff. Oh, absolutely. 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 And, um, and it, and it sucks because it's the X-Men. Like you want this. I was so looking forward to these episodes. I was so ready for these to be awesome and kick ass. And yeah. they, they come back later, right? way later toward the end yeah. of the show yeah for secret wars stuff so hopefully yeah. that's better than but um, <laughs> yeah well we'll see do, we'll see <laughs> do you know um do the writers of this show share writers with the x-men show do they or maybe even just these episodes do they collaborate um let's see here i'm not sure if John Semper Jr. worked on X. I don't think he did work on X Men. Okay. Um. Because I mean that could explain, you know, maybe they just. I don't know. That's it's, it. Seems like you. They're not hard characters. To and, the, and this and this and this and okay. So here's some trivia on the episode. So John Semper Jr. had the X Men guest star in this two part episode as a way to get higher ratings for Spider Man the Animated Series. Interesting. Mm. Um, both yeah. the Mutant Agenda and Mutants Reve Revenge were far more expensive to make because the cast of X Men the Animated Series had to be transported from Canada, where X Men the Animated Series was produced, to Los Angeles, where Spider Man the Animated Series was produced. Um, one of the writers on this episode wrote 10 episodes of X-Men, the animated series. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. There's some like miscoloring on some stuff like Gambit's costume is not the right color. <laughs> the Sentinels are not the right color. Cyclops's optic blast is not the right color. Gene <laughs> um, Gray's is different as well. Yeah. So yeah, one of the writers is, but this seems to have been a Spidey produced show. They did have a writer on, but like this was not like a uh, a thoughtful crossover between the two where they collaborated yeah. equally. This was very much like sure. John Semper coming in, like I'm gonna take Wolverine and hopefully that'll give me more ratings. Which is crazy to think about that Spider Man needed that kind of boost. Yeah, Spider-Man seems a lot more appealing than X-Men, but well, I mean, in the, in the in the 90s, yeah, in the in the 90s <laughs> like X-Men was Marvel, right? Like yeah. X-Men was their book and but Spider-Man's always been popular, so I mean, yeah. look, I wasn't there. I can't speak to it. John Semper felt like he needed to do this. Sure. Um and and here we are. Um so disappointing. Uh yeah. tragically disappointing. With the spider, <laughs> with the spider slayer episodes, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the spider slayers, so I can be disappointed. Yeah. But like, yeah, right. You know, but 
But I tell you what, if Wolverine just like stabbed a motherfucker in the face, ten out of ten episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kate. The next episodes we are going to tackle are going to be episodes six, seven, and eight. Um, Those are um, the Morbius. We're about to get into the beginnings of the Morbius. Gross stuff. Oh, we're gonna get to those bad boys. Oh my god, God! You could never masturbate. You could never masturbate. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're introduced to a lot here. We've got Morbius is introduced. Punisher is going to be introduced in the next episodes uh, as well. Um, I thought Blade would be, but I think he's actually later in the season. So yeah. I'm excited for this. Morbius plays such a huge role in this storyline and the the Morbius yeah. stuff that we do. The, the Morbius stuff is is a huge part of these seasons going forward. So, um, Cool. So, yeah. Uh, the next three episodes, six, seven, and eight. For next week, everyone. Um, Cade, thank you again for joining me. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate uh-huh. the insight that you bring. <laughs> Um, I look forward to continuing on this journey with you, man. Yeah, me too. Um, everyone else that's listening, thank you for tuning in. Have a web swing good time.